On this episode of the Packet of Pod, we talk about how the Bears still suck and who owns who. Well, we know that. But until then, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. Jones, look at that balance. Aaron Jones, see ya. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. <laughs> go, go, go. There we go. That was fun. I Those think it was one of the fun. guys on uh, Good Morning Football said, I'm glad the Packers wore green because it's obviously a home game for them every year. And I <laughs> lost it a little bit because I hadn't thought about it. And I was a little bit embarrassed that I hadn't said something about it on game day. But the Packers, for the 22nd time in the last 26 meetings, have gone down to Chicago, taken care of business. They moved to 5-1 and one on the year. Interesting enough, six games in, four have been on the road, so we're, we're even getting those road games out of the way early. Final score, 24-14. to 14. And we're going to start with this offense, uh, that it was a really, really great battle early on. You could see Cleo Mack was jacked up. Roquan Smith is just a beast among beasts. But then we have this guy named Devontae Adams that no matter how much you contain him, you can never stop him. He ended up with four receptions for 89 yards. Jones and Lazard got their passing touchdowns. Dylan and Jones combined for around 140 yards. Rodgers ended up with just short of 200 yards total, but... Let's talk about this offense that we saw a little bit more EQ. We saw Josh Myers come back for a total of four snaps. The pressure got to Rodgers early, but as the game went on, the O-line got better and better. This is what a commitment to the running game looks like. And that was fun. I I think the O-line, Andy Stanovich, let's just keep calling his name out. He's probably putting his name in the candidate pool for a at least an offensive coordinator job, if not a better move after this year and what he's doing with this offensive line. And I loved watching the push from the O-line and the commitment to the running game. The personnel choices showed that we were committed to the running game. Lazard had as many reps as Devontae. Mercedes was on the field a ton. Uh, Lazard lined up like a tight end on, on his uh, shovel pass for a touchdown. Like They were just working those formations – and I saw multiple blocks by our young guys, like Newman on some poles multiple times, just kicked out the DN just enough to clear, uh, you know, the the defender out of the play. I love what we're seeing from guys that are sort of just patched together right now. After Myers went downward, again had like two intended starters out of our expected top five on the O line. Yeah, and not only did they succeed, but they they failed and they came back from it. Um, I, I mean, they were struggling early yeah. on, like like Foose was saying, but they stuck with it. They didn't abandon ship. They didn't say, Rogers, take us to the Holy Land. They just kept with the game plan, which was pound them, 
make them tired, keep our defense off the field, and just get points. And it worked. It worked. I totally agree. I I wanted to credit their ability to adjust because that pass pro struggled early. But if you think about the three sacks, Khalil Mack runs a stunt that confuses Royce Newman. That's one of those rookie, you're going to see those occasionally throughout his rookie year. Uh, Robert Quinn beats Elton Jenkins off the corner pretty good. But they actually gave you a nice angle, even on the TV footage, that nobody was open for Rodgers to try to get rid of the ball. Like I think Rodgers felt that but had nowhere to, to dump it off or get rid of it. So those two sacks and then late in the game was Akeem Hicks on Royce Newman. Just I can't remember if he destroyed him or it was just a missed assignment. Um, no, but, he just missed him. He, he took a left and should have gone right. Yeah, so, I mean, really two missed assignments and then Elton Jenkins getting beat by Robert Quinn, who we highlighted, and good coverage. It was not a coverage sack by any means. but Yeah, and it was also a stretching dive by Quinn. Like, it was a legitimate, like, almost a last gas getting around Jenkins to get him. And I I think you bring it up. There was, for sure twice, uh, and I think it might have happened a couple of times and we got away with it, the Billy Turner going to the right, blocking nobody, Newman trying to help out Patrick at center, and then just guys rushing Rodgers. And so I'm glad somebody, uh, when they got to the sideline, said, we can never do that again. We've already done it twice this first quarter. Let's let's pretend like we're, we're, we're seeing what pressure is coming from. But it was an amazing sack, and they, they were coming out flying, the defensive line for the Bears that first quarter for sure. Yeah, I love the way they committed to the run game anyways, and then took some of their deep shots and, and they missed on a lot of them. You know, Rogers overthrew Devonte, nice coverage by Jalen Johnson. He overthrew Alan Lazard on a potential 87 yarder in the third quarter. That would have been an amazing highlight to Lazard's great game uh, in the running aspects of the offense. But uh, there was a, a play in the, th- a play, a drive, I should call it in the third quarter where the it was seven or ten to seven, Packers were up, and you could see the Packers just said, "We're going to run this ball, and we're going to score a touchdown, and we're giving it to Aaron Jones, we're giving it to our dude." And they ran a few short routes to him. They they let him touch the ball a ton. I counted ten plays. It was a ten play drive that went ninety yards, and six of those plays were to Aaron Jones, and that accumulated in his uh, receiving touchdown to go up seventeen to seven. So, just the commitment. It, we harp on these coaches coming out of games and saying like, Oh, I wish we'd have ran the ball more. Oh, I wish we would have done something else. I think on both sides of the ball in this game, we saw in game adjustments that saved the game for us. And thank you. Thank you for making it in time that it's not a loss. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they could have, they could have gotten greedy. Uh, There were, there were some wide receivers open in the middle of the field. I thought more often uh, than what the stats show. Uh, I, I think, we could have had a bigger day stat wise for Rogers, but they just wanted to stick to the game plan, which like equanimous. No, I think Devonte Adams, I, I mean, four for 89, that's too easy. And on five targets. Um, so, I mean, he really wasn't even looking his way a, a majority of the day. So, I mean, I think there were still things that we can uncover in the bears in our second outing. Um, but yeah, just a solid job by the offensive unit. Yeah, it's Did interesting you, that you bring up EQ because I, I actually think this is probably one of his better games in the last year. He had exactly. an amazing block. He had an amazing touchdown. 
an a hundred percent touchdown. I cannot believe they called that back. And now we're in like week three, three, three weeks in a row of just atrocious referee calls on both sides. I'm so sick of hearing yep. Bear fans going, Well, the only reason they pulled this off is because it's like stop. Those refs suck and they have sucked this entire year. Move on. But uh yeah, I think going back to that Lazard 85, 87 yarder, if that was MVS, that was a touchdown. I, I felt like right, Rodgers right, put call. air under it for MVS on the deep ball, and then as soon as it left his hands, he went Oh, 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 that should have been one step slower. <laughs> That's Lizard. my blocking receiver. <laughs> I, I mean, we talked about it. It would have been awesome to have MVS because the ability to have successful running, to get the short game going, there were some bombs that were to be hit that luckily we didn't need in this game. But I would definitely be looking at that December trip. Uh, that we're going to be flying vertically a lot more. Mm-hmm. And, and how about your side to Gara getting some action? Looking good. Yeah, boy. Speaking <laughs> of tight ends and play calls, we need to instill a play, and I'm going to call it steamroller. And it's mandatory. We run it once a game. And it's just that little bootleg to Mercedes Lewis mm. because he's mm-hmm. just going to steamroll somebody. And it's just a, a tone setter. Like maybe we could just do it on the first drive every game and just be like, "Oh, big dog's here." He's going. Well, and it's hilarious because they do it in zone, and it's a corner almost every time. And he like thinks about juking him every time, and he's just like, "What am I doing? <laughs> Let's just <laughs> just fall forward." <laughs> Those are so much fun to watch. And it, again, credit to him. I called him out from the top, but he had one-on-one blocking in the run game and the pass game against Khalil Mack, and he was not the one that gave up sacks. Like to have that asset. As he's really a six lineman out there that that is eligible for for play calls, steamroller. Uh, he's huge. I mean, he's a pivotal part to what this offense is pulling off right now, down so many of their playmakers. Yeah, uh, it, amazing to keep him on just for you know his age. Um, you know, you could go for some young, younger, flashier, but they just stick with him because he's just so consistent and so good in the run game. And then look, he could still catch the ball and run too. So. So let's think- turn to this defense, who at one point in time were without Preston, Z, Clark, Jair, King, and Savage, and Barnes was even going in and out. This defense was a skeleton crew for about a quarter and a half on Sunday, and somehow, some way, made it to only giving up 14 points to Chicago Bears. I'll also be the first one to hand up. Cleo Herbert's pretty good. I very much enjoy watching him run. Really if, if Dylan is a bowler, this guy is a bowling ball. I love his style, his aggressiveness, his speed. I, I love that. Also, Justin Fields ain't the dude quite yet. So let's dig into this. What do we think from a defensive side? He was the dude when we had Isaac Yadam out there. or when we needed those uh end line uh touches to our safeties he was pinpoint accuracy yeah amos had amos almost made uh josh's predictions of the safeties being you know the highlight of the game so close picks one more foot down but no i you know going back to my offensive uh kudos to making adjustments on the fly I think our defensive coordinator of last year might have stuck with a certain player that might have had the number 20 on his back for the entirety of the game. And then after a loss, been like, oh, maybe I should look at other options. But just in that short time that Yadam was out on the field, uh, Cole Komet's big pickup was against Yadam's zone. 
He allowed the whole shot to Allen Robinson underneath Amos. The pass interference in the end zone against Marquise Goodwin was Isaac Yadam, but they pulled him. They put in Rasul Douglas, a guy that was on the street 10, 12, 14 days ago, and Douglas played a ton better. So credit to Joe Barry for saying, Mm -hmm. that's not what I want to see. That's not how you practiced all week. Have a seat and let's see how someone else does. And it made a dramatic difference because the Bears couldn't go attack that weakness anymore. And yeah. they tried. And, they, and they the ran biggest, that screen, right? The biggest, yes. And the biggest reason, this is my first note too. This is this is the midday or the mid-game uh, switch that was just fantastic. Uh, Rasul Douglas brought an aggressive nature where he didn't always know what he was doing, but whatever decision he made, he went for it. And yes, he made mistakes, but he also made plays. I mean, he ended up second for tackles in the day, coming in halfway through the game at a cornerback position. Uh, I loved his the play. The first. Uh, was he? I thought he came yeah. in late in the second. Okay. Minute or two left in the first. He was already in. They tried running that screen pass to, I want to say, Allen Robinson. Maybe it was Komet missed the block. He tried to block Amos and oh, like give him a double yeah. team, and it left Douglas open to make the tackle at the line of scrimmage. But, yeah, he played – I mean, not fantastic, right? He's not a starter, but, wow, great talent to have on the team. You know, let's build from that. Let's – great energy to have in the secondary as a backup, uh, knowing that he can come in fearless and make some plays. Um, and also, boys, Dean Lowry's having a year. Yeah. He is having a year. He flashed a little and like, the legal kind of flash. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I'm calling that up. Uh, boy. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that the defense definitely uh, did everything they could. I mean, if you would have told me before the game what they were missing, that Justin Fields for the first time this year would actually get out of the pocket and start running, uh, that Robinson would would be the leading receiver, I would have been like, okay. Yep, this is one of those games that we're going to get trapped by the injury bug. And then you realize that Robinson, as the top receiver, had 53 total yards. And it's just like, oh, oh, all right. Uh, And it's just uh, there was probably a few more chances for Fields interceptions. There there seemed to be actually quite a few fumbles that the Bears got hit, went down, and were able to recover as well. So uh, there's a lot of things to like about this team Knowing that we're five and one, knowing that we have division wins under our belt, knowing that we've taken away road, big, big road wins in Cincinnati, in San Francisco, in Chicago, and yet we're missing a third of legitimate number one starters is incredible. And I I think that this Bears team will, you know, get better with time. Hicks wasn't healthy. Fields will start going past the first read. Uh, but then I also think, you know what, home field advantage and this Packers team just being healthy is going to be so much different. But I, there was at no point in this game where I was nervous. There was Mm-mm. like, like the, it felt like we were under control, even though every five minutes of game action, we were losing somebody to a blue tent. I still was like, you know what, we're going to hold it together because that granted this D line showed up. Kenny Clark, once again, is the man. Uh, everybody that we listed before was at least getting pressure, was at least getting in the backfield and making fields think. Uh, it just shows the biggest, biggest, biggest point is when Z comes back and it allows Gary and Preston not to be the sack getters, but the sack clean uppers. Uh, 
it's just it's going to be very very fun defense to watch now that they're ranked probably fifth overall in the NFL they're going to see some offense coming up I'm a little worried because this this defense yeah. versus a Cardinals a Vikings type of thing is going to work but Chicago offensively is just not it no they're not there yet and you know, even the pass rush, I, I liked what I saw from Garvin. He, he would have had a second sack, but Fields was able to take a collision like two yards behind the line of scrimmage and push forward to fall forward for a yard and, and steal Garvin's second snack, uh, sack. Hamilton stiffed out a screen real well, you know, just football awareness. Uh, but there's, there's still issues at middle linebacker number two behind Devondre Campbell, who, you know, Credit to him again. He, speaking of football awareness, if you guys remember that screen that the Bears tried to run down at the one yard line with four guys yes. stacked just off the line of scrimmage, and he's just like, "Yeah, something's going on over there. Like it's it's probably gonna go that way." You know, so many guys would just be regimented in their rules, and he's just like, "Nah, they're they're doing something over there. I'm just gonna go blow it up and makes a play." Uh, but middle linebacker number two, the Chris Barnes role. You know, Herbert's what would have been his second touchdown that got called back was Barnes just completely overrunning it. Mooney's touchdown was most likely Barnes' zone. I think he passed the guy off to Amos and then didn't cover Mooney underneath. Uh, and you saw the coaches tried to adjust by giving Jalen Smith some reps. And Jalen Smith didn't look good. Real choppy feet. He tried to run around blocks instead of through them, you know making the collision and then shedding a block, he'd like, I'll just run around the outside of you and try to make it up with speed. Yeah, not, get, not gonna work. Give, give him some time. Let let him feed off this energy this defense is bringing. I mean, I understand. What, right, hold on. I, under, I understand like not knowing the defense just yet, but there's no defense that says there's a run up the middle and a guard comes up to you to get a second level block and you should run around the outside of the guard to try to get back to the running back. That That's just not – anything you're taught at any level. Yeah, I, I think you're being harsh. I mean, remember Campbell's for week one. I mean, we were all were pressing the panic button. We're like, what the hell did yeah, we just I do? So. But, so. you know, it's it settled in. And even I was, I was about to chime on this too. Even the defensive line, like you can finally see that they're starting to understand. They're not, they're not thinking anymore. They're just reacting. Um, I mean, Kenny Clark, <laughs> As soon as he sees he has single coverage with a center, he's just throwing that fool. Like, if you don't have your feet ready, he's about to throw your ass. And, I mean, it's it's fun watching him this year. I think he's at his all-time high right now. I mean, yep. he looks in shape, he looks strong, and he looks healthy. And was, uh, I've never seen him play this good. I was so happy he got rewarded on that last drive with the two sacks, just to give some statistics behind the disruption that he had been causing all game. He deserves it. He's having probably his best year. I totally agree with that statement. So looking ahead, a few things of interest. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting. 538 Sports posted uh, that this afternoon talking about which team is lucky and which team is actually good. And it's based on their kind of data analytic gap of where they think they would be right now compared to where they actually are. The Packers have the biggest positive differential. Their math thought that they should probably be around a 500 team thus far based on injuries, schedule, who they're playing, all that kind of stuff. So the fact that they're five and one, they're ahead of schedule, which is unbelievable. And I think LaFleur moved to 31 and seven after this win, which 
I'm still blown away that this man came in and we were all kind of unsure. We were liking the new blood, but 31 and seven as a head football coach in your first 38 games is unbelievable. But the biggest news, the one that Rogers mentioned in his post uh, post game press conference and what was made official, Bakhtiari will be on the practice field this Wednesday, which means we face Cardinals and Chiefs in the very near future. We could have our boy back on that left side. So great question to throw out there. That's sexy. When Bakhtiari is back, what's the starting offensive line look like? Who the hell knows? (laughs) I mean – it, it has to be – I really like the way Myers plays, and I just hope that he can get over this injury bug. I know it was a, a kind of a freak accident between a hand and a knee type of thing, but I think that that, that backside has to say Bach, Jenkins, Myers, and then it's whoever's kind of in that moment feeling it. If it's Newman, if it's Patrick, whoever is is, yeah. is available, I just – I think you keep it exactly how it was working last year. It's, it's very interesting because – for the, you know, I don't know what Myers' injury is, and they're saying it's hopefully not season-ending, but that also doesn't sound like he's back next week. So does Elton Jenkins go to center so you can leave your guards and right tackle in place? Does Elton Jenkins go to left guard and you let Lucas Patrick play center and you pick between running and Newman at right guard? Or do you put Jenkins out at right tackle and slide Billy Turner into right guard like pff rankings are saying royce newman is the underperforming one compared to runyon so mm-hmm. it'll be very interesting the way they try to gel that line but they've done a hell of a job in the first six weeks so i have i have all the expectations that however they make it work it'll be good but how they pick a starting five under the current construction of healthiness will be very interesting to watch play out yeah and all these injuries like <clears throat> you always hate injuries at the end of the year and you know, to have these guys resting at the beginning of the year, I don't know how serious some of them are. Maybe some of them aren't that serious and they're just waiting, you know, so they know they will be healthy uh, to finish out this long season. Um, But it's played in our favor. Five and one, everyone's hurt. People are starting to come back and, and through the next three to four weeks, we should have a majority of them back um and we're playing great without them so just just piece them in once they're healthy don't even bring them back early you don't even have to rush them back because we're still playing good football um that's the best part of it but don't forget 82 yard punt by bojo and we had a 16 (laughs) yard punt return by amari (laughs) rogers way to go guys 16 yard is that our like our nicest one since 1928 i think it's a record i think it is <laughs> it's a franchise record yeah dude you were super right about bowl, jakeem grant 90 though. super bowl <laughs> man grant they just signed him like three weeks ago why was he on the oh why you did were we right about he was a danger man but there were two injuries to call out a None appear to be too serious, but you never know how long these things can linger. Preston Smith with the oblique and then Darnell Savage with the concussion. Um, Henry Black got a ton of wraps, and I thought he looked pretty good out there, 41 flying around. I thought he looked fine. And then I also uh, – this one's a little more well-known, but kudos again to A.J. Dillon. The guy's coming on to give us a one-two punch just in time for colder weather and a few more home games. Ryan, you said it right before we started recording. Was it four of the first six games have been away? So we have 
one more home game than away in the back half of the season. But A.J. Dillon, you know, with two minutes left in the fourth running in cold weather, who's going to want to tackle him? Yeah, it's unbelievable. And it's we're we're not where we need to be from an offensive line perspective. As we just mentioned, every single name on this roster from an offensive lineman. But Aaron Jones is still on pace for a thousand yard season. And Devontae Adams is on pace for an 1,800-yard season. So I, I just – it's it's incredible. It's incredible. It's so fun to watch a team that just believes that they're going to find a way to win. And I think that's a really, really big difference between this Packers team and probably a lot of the other ones. The other ones felt like they needed to win big. Like, we got to win. We got to win. I feel like this group is just like whoever the hell is out there, as long as we have one more point in their team – we don't care. We're moving on to the next one. And I think that's the perfect mindset uh, for this Packers organization of we have a lot of humps to get over. And this is how you do it is just mm-hmm. by playing ugly football and, and making it count. So here's my, we'll see what here's, happens. Here's my hypothetical to build off of that. The way the Packers won this game, is this how the Bears will be winning their games two years from now? It's how they should win them now, but yeah. they they consistently <laughs> try to do too much on offense and get out of their own groove. I mean, they they could have gotten Fields into a groove with us. There were well, there I, were I mean, holes. Don't don't discredit that. Even when Rodgers has 196 yards, he's still a Hall of Fame quarterback, making the right decisions on every play on 95 percent of plays. But a defense that gives up 14, committing to the run game and letting your quarterback just build off of that. Smart. I think I think we're agreeing here, right? Like, yeah. if if Fields continues to develop, I think this is what the Bears are one to two years from now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If the Bears had a a quality, if they would have made the trade of some sort and had a Jared Goff character, I think we probably lose on Sunday. We were just too banged up, and if we would have had somebody that exploited us, I think we would have lost because Fields was truly a look at my my one route and that was it he was the the checkdowns weren't yeah. happening it wasn't it was a it wasn't that great if there was somebody that went all right Stokes has Mooney this drive where's Robinson where's Komet we're going to move this ball and yeah. let Herbert run wild I think we probably lose that game and he almost made the same mistake twice throwing it over his own wide receivers head thinking he's thrown out of the field of play and getting it picked off like oh mm-hmm. man you don't need to do that like they're gonna go get it like <laughs> he did have Allen Robinson and what eventually was the pick to Savage mm-hmm. he beat Sullivan wide open nobody yes. covering the middle <laughs> never but, looked at him that's things he'll get. I, I get what you're saying with, you know, take an average, you know, middle of the career quarterback and maybe we lose that game. But I think the Bears have someone that's going to be better than that. It'll be interesting. Hopefully we can keep competing. But uh, that's years in the future. I might disagree now. with that statement. That job. might be another bet later. Oh, <laughs> I will say, I will say the fans of Chicago. If let's just say Jordan Love is starter next year and he beats them. There is going to be a massive amount of people just walking into Lake Michigan and never being seen again. Like this, they they <laughs> thought there were moments. Just been you could tell yesterday there was moments that the this Bears fan base thought we have them. We we are going to take down the Packers. We are going to do it, and they didn't. I, man, this they are going to be beyond jacked up whenever there is not a number twelve under center in oh, the sure. whatever future. I. 
I'm not looking forward to it, but I'm also not totally going to shed an eye to the thought of could we potentially just keep this going. But the rivalry will get very close in the very near future, without a doubt. And Rogers hinted it might not have been his last one. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, look at us getting excited over something we have so far away. Like, let's go get a Super Bowl first. He has another midlife crisis to go through after this season. He's got like six more. Yeah. Uh, Do the Denver Broncos play the Bears next year? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think uh, the Athletics podcast already looked that up and said they don't play the Bears next year. So they're like, Rodgers is probably someone that already looked that up and knows before he says it. Oh, that's that's probably true. But we'll see how uh, the injury reports look through this week of practice as we face a football team next Sunday at Lambeau. Until then, thanks, everybody. Go Pack Go!